<laughs> hey, security peeps. It is Renee Small here in the special edition of Breaking Into Cybersecurity. I'm here with more fabulousness, um, and we are doing the super recruiters again, minus two of our friends today because they are busy doing recruiting. But anyway, <laughs> the, the, the cool kids are here. Um, Again, I'm Renee Small. My podcast co-host, Chris Folon. Say hi to everyone, Chris. Hey, everyone. He's an adopted recruiter. We've adopted him. <laughs> sometimes he gives us, he sends more candidates to us than, <laughs> than anything else. Um, and then my friend and partner in crime here, Danny Barker. Say hi to everyone, Danny. Hi, everybody. So today we want to, we'll obviously be taking a ton of questions, but we really wanted to talk about what, um, where, where companies are hiring, what skill sets are hot, what's kind of going on in the industry right now. Um, we are having, there's so much happening with, and we know that there are challenges with um, obviously COVID-19 and people are get, getting laid off and we are uh, definitely sad and um, about that. However, all the folks, or at least some of the folks that are getting laid off in the cybersecurity space, which is mind boggling to me, um, there are tons of opportunities that are still open and available and that we're actively interviewing for. So um, Danny, Chris, we're gonna jump in. The first thing we did is we shared a link. So Danny, can you talk about what you just shared on the um, on the live stream? You're muted. You're muted. <laughs> 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 Sorry about that. Um, I can't find the live stream still, <laughs> so I will. Uh, 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 let's see. So you've been shared, but let's talk about what you are, um, what you were talking about, like what what it is that you want to share. Um, well, we actually have a, an extensive list of national companies that are hiring. So um, people need to realize that there are, yes, there's a lot of layoffs happening right now, but there are tons of companies that are actually hiring. So we are sharing a live um, updated, uh, it's an Airtable stream uh, that has updates of companies that are hiring, different positions. Um, and when you start opening it up, you have to, you know, we do not have uh, contact information for these recruiters. You have to do take it upon yourself to go through uh, the list and go to the different websites that are offered there. But all of these companies have been verified if they're hiring, if they're laying off. Um, but there are companies that are hiring and you just have to hear. We're giving you the information and go for it. Yeah, that's a good that's a that's a, um, a really valid point, Danny. Um, I've also had I found something, too, that I will also add to the link um, that I'll add to the lot to the stream, because I have too found a couple of different. Um, uh, websites where people have been adding their names, adding, you know, lists of companies, um, and specifically in different industries where companies are laying off and companies are hiring. So from a recruiting standpoint, it's also it's good to look at companies that are um, laying off. And then from a, from a um, candidate standpoint, we definitely want to connect people with companies that are hiring. Exactly. Yeah, and, and some of the more close-knit cybersecurity community 
um, communities that I'm in, they're also sharing those lists within themselves. While they might not expose it to the public, they're definitely helping within their network to raise awareness to uh, colleagues of theirs that are looking for roles, as well as bring higher emphasis to companies that they do know that are um, hiring so that those roles can be filled as well. So it's happening both above the scenes and behind the scenes all across the industry. Yeah. So if you are out there and you're looking for opportunities, these are some really good lists for you to take a look at. Um, I also want to jump in and talk a little bit about hot skill sets and hot jobs that are happening right now. Um, I know that, you know, some of the things that I'm working on personally are there's a ton of opportunities in application security, um, in um, uh, Python development, in, in engineering, um, security engineering. There's a ton of things happening out there right now. Chris, you wanted to jump in? Yeah, I was going to say, I think some of the, the roles that are now being looked on with additional emphasis are going to be those defender roles, um, as well as those application security roles, because now companies can't just rely on being able to fix something with people that are on on site. Now everyone has to be remote, so they have to ensure that they have both staff that are skilled for doing remote as well as being productive while they're remote. Cause that takes, that takes a certain skill set to, to have the, the mental fortitude when you're not having your boss or your, your coworker that you can work next to and still be able to deliver quality content. Yeah, I agree with that. Like, there's so much more specifically in the cybersecurity space because of COVID-19. So specifically in our world, you know, unfortunately, in some worlds in retail and, you know, other industries, it's they've been cuts. But in our space, because so many people are now going virtual, the three of us, I think we've been virtual for a really long time. <laughs> I know Danny and I, if Layton was here, he would, he tells you he's been virtual for 25 years before, before computers, Layton's was virtual. <laughs> but for the rest of us, we've been, I know I've been virtual at least a couple days a week since um, 2011 and the full time, you know, doing recruiting since 2015-ish. So at least five years. And so, you know, for us, this is very kind of normal and standard and we know how to kind of plan our days. And it's really what one of my bosses used to call it results oriented work. I think it's called row. Um, so, you know, from a management standpoint, our managers and our leaders and our partners and, you know, clients or whatever you get, it, they get a result. They don't care how it's done. <laughs> it's just done, you know. Um, especially with the, from a recruiting standpoint, it's very it's pretty uh, obvious when a recruiter isn't bringing any talent to you at all. Like what's going on? Um, but for people who have not been in an environment like this before, um, it is it is different. It is a challenge. And and from Chris's standpoint, especially some of the stuff that Chris talked about, we have um, uh, companies or or 
I guess, people who are new to just being online in their home computers and potentially getting themselves into cybersecurity related challenges due to um, due to being at home. So that opens up the opportunity for more security professionals. But Chris? Yeah, I think the other thing on the candidate side of things, everyone's used to or has been getting more used to that, that networking in person, that going to um, regular meetups or conferences and things like that. And that's no longer an element for recruiters to talk to potential managers and others. So they have to adjust their, their job search. Um, they can know they can go to those virtual conferences, but they provide a less effective means of interacting with hiring managers. So they have to be more proactive when it comes to reaching out to, to potential managers or individuals within those companies to try to make that connection and possibly get a referral or show their work through blogging and other creative means which they might not have needed to do in the past because they have that personal connection with someone in person. Yeah, I agree with you, Chris. Um, Specifically around, you know, being proactive in different ways. So, you know, yesterday you and I were on this con, (laughs) grim con, that was crazy and wild um, because Chris and I worked on it for the operation side behind the scenes. But it was it's a different experience, right? So it's a virtual, you have your speakers, they're coming up, but then, you know, how would you usually, if you were in a physical conference, you would either go up to the speakers or you would go to the booths and you would do like a lot of conversing in person, whereas now we have a Discord channel. Now we have, you know, these various other ways for people to have to connect and putting themselves out there. And it, it could actually you know, depending on how many folks are more comfortable with, you know, chatting and we know, like, especially with the generation that we're in, um, face to face is usually tougher. So it may end up working out better for this group, you know, of a lot of the times introverts, you know, technology people, we tend to, we love our computers and we want to be in our, you know, <laughs> we don't necessarily want to be in front of people <laughs> and we can communicate that way. Um, but to Chris's point, having that, having a blog, putting yourself out there more and more um, is going to be a way, an effective way to kind of make people aware of your skills and what you have going on. So Danny, did you want to jump in with anything? Um, yeah. And, in, in- and even though some people may not be looking because they ha- they have some their company's in a good place, um, it, it now's the time to you know offer to be a mentor or jump in to help help someone who's trying to break into cybersecurity. Um, that's something, and you'll be remembered for that. <coughs> Sorry, but. Um, Right now, it you know in cybersecurity, we we the luckily it's a small. <coughs> sorry, I'm not sick. I have <laughs> allergies. Uh, um, in cybersecurity, it's actually a small, close knit group, and so that's the beauty of of our field. I, that's probably another reason why I love it so much. I have a passion for it. But in in regards to helping each other, um, there, with the COVID layoffs, there are so many 
who are still being laid off. And so now's the time to step up and <coughs> jump in, help. Yeah. Make sure resumes are in a good place. Um, and, and even if you might have a little bit of downtime, start focusing on getting your resume um, updated, uh, get it ready because you never know. Um, you know, that, that wonderful opportunity might come from another company or, um, you know, or a mentor is going to step up and, and So I think Danny went frozen for a little bit. Um, oh, can you hear me? Yeah, yep. we can hear you now. Go ahead. <laughs> Man, I just gave like the one piece. <laughs> uh, a gem of advice. Yeah, yeah. One, one of the things okay. that, that what uh, Danny well, said okay, sparked so, something in me. Oh, go ahead. Yes. Sorry. Well, um, right now, now is the time to start um, helping each other. And that, that's one of the beauty of our of cybersecurity is we are we are a close-knit group and pretty much when you're cyber, we all kind of know each other. Even though we're in recruiting, we kind of know who, who's there or, or make each other kind of known. Um, and so even if you are in a position where you already have a stable job, offer to mentor someone, help someone uh, you know who's, who's looking to break into cybersecurity or has transferable skills and um, spend that time. You know, put online, obviously, we wanna be safe. Um, but, you know, I recommend look, updating your resume even, um, even if you're in a stable position or you're currently looking because of COVID, um, make sure your resume is up, up to date. And um, like I said, don't do jazz hands resume. Um, you know, make sure that it, when it, um, if you're applying or sending your resume to a recruiter, um, especially those of us who are in fact, we do not want a lot of pictures or, um, a lot of distracting things all over it because we look at thousands of resumes, just have it look very clean. Um, you know, and like I said, you know, Renee and Christopher and I, we're just three of us. So, you know, many times we're willing to kind of take a look at your resume, but there's, there's only three of us and there's thousands of you out there. So highly recommend um, having a professional resume writer or a great company is Velvet Jobs. Um, highly recommend them. They're fantastic. They specialize in a lot of cybersecurity uh, resumes um, and just uh, get out there and network. And one of the things that um, used to, a lot of people in cybersecurity used to do is they, they would have the screen name that they would hide behind. Now is the time to um, create an individualized with your name persona online maybe a blog maybe something else so that people can see the work that you do for you and they can associate with that that will be your online reputation versus the screen name that you hid behind before yep no that's a really good point chris the screen name is um is great but we want to know who you are <laughs> and it's hard to find you sometimes. I can tell you from being a recruiter, I was looking for someone, some looking for folks, um, looking for CTF, capture the flag people, and going through screen names and trying to figure out like where, who you are and connect the dots. Sometimes it's tough. And I know everybody doesn't want to be found, but um, if we want to, we're trying to hire you, we want to find you. So um that is a, a, a really, really great point, Chris. 
Um, I also saw in the news yesterday or a couple of days ago about COBOL developers, which made me laugh out loud. Um, and I've been watching, I've been reading some of the articles and the conversations going on and the people coming out of retirement to, <laughs> to jump into helping these banks because of all of this code that was, start, that was uh, developed in COBOL like 50, 60 years ago. Um, and there's so much out there right now about training folks in COBOL. So if you happen to be, you know, an unemployed person, they are, I mean, it's this aggressive, aggressive hiring in the COBOL play, uh, space if you jump in and want to learn that. Yeah, definitely. So, um, Danny, what other skills are you seeing out there um, in your world? I know we all have like different types and different like, you know, skill sets and stuff, but what are you seeing right now um, that is hot, you know, from your perspective or with your clients? Um, well, right now I'm seeing a lot of uh, obviously the IR um, uh, IR mm -hmm. space because we've got a lot of people um, and I have a passion for it because um, I think it's one of the most uh, underappreciated uh, fields in IR because they, um, they're, they're the ones who are protecting the companies and, and blocking, you know, blocking the hackers and blocking everything, but um, nobody appreciates them or their value until they get hacked and they've got, um, you know, and they've lost uh, billions of dollars. Um, whereas, you know, like, uh, uh, and, you know, I guess a good example is uh, uh, the Marriott, the Marriott uh, hack, you know, yeah. and, 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 and we know that the Marriott team was trying, you know, companies just get hacked because there's so much information that people forget. You know, they got passports, they've got copies of people's passports, they've got um, credit cards, they've got people's addresses and, and, and things, you know, people always think cybersecurity is just pie in the sky. No, this affects people's lives as well. And if somebody, if somebody evil gets your personal information, especially if you're, you know, you're within uh, Europe traveling and you have to give your passport to the front desk um, and some, somebody gets that information, um, that's really awful. So with everybody, a lot of people being, everybody being remote, IR is very hot right now. Sizos, uh, obviously, um, you know, Sizos with uh, Polly, I know uh, Layton's got some pretty uh, high-level um, positions. Six hundred, right? Six hundred. Layton <laughs> yeah. has six hundred. Yeah. Reach but out to Layton. Yes, Layton Holcomb <laughs> has over six hundred positions in cyber, um, and he's he doesn't sleep ever. Um, <laughs> but there's, um, you know, we will be we will um, uh, we will be able to, we'll post in the notes, uh, the different the different lines where we can uh, post companies that are hiring. Um, please connect with us as well as uh, obviously Leighton Holcomb because uh, Leighton does have over 600 positions. So um, uh, most of them are, you must have uh, clearance and with several of them must be with full scope poly though. So um, definitely hook up with Leighton. <laughs> yeah, yeah so, some of the other big roles that are are starting to develop are your general security awareness training and your trainers out there to 
craft the messaging in a way that's better delivered remotely. Because before, a lot of companies would have their their CISO or their security manager come in and do like a lunch and learn or bring everyone in a conference room and do a training. Well, now that training needs to be developed remotely. So you really need someone to craft that message. And I've been working with several companies where they've been pushing that general security awareness uh, to their teams, which they haven't done before because they, they, they just blended into the once a year annual training. Well, now that everyone's working from home, they need to do it more often. They need it need to do it on a, a quarterly basis, if not much more, because there there's um, fishing for COVID, there's fishing for um, stimulus money, there's all sorts of new ways to fish um, <clears throat> that hadn't been used as much before, and the attackers are playing on that. So you need to ha- ensure that your, your stakeholders, your workforce are aware. Chris, that's such a good point. And I think that when you think about people who are trainers, um, when we talk about breaking into security, we talk about it from a, um, you know, a technical standpoint, and then we talk about it from other, other skill sets. And if you think about, you know, the people who are typically in training, they typically, in, you know, training development is in HR most of the time in organizations. So, you know, those folks who are looking to do something creative and interesting and not only do the same old training, um, it could be a really good pivot for them to get into the security space because, Chris, you're right. Um, There's so much that's needed. And a lot of times we feel like we're preaching to the choir, like we talk amongst amongst each other and we kind of know, you know, we're security aware even though it'll get, I mean, I've been caught like, like as security aware as I am, you know, you get an email or you're in the middle of doing three or four things. And then somebody calls you or somebody emails you and you pop, you click the wrong thing and you're like, oh my goodness. Um, So you think about, you know, people who are at home who are typically not at home and looking at, and and typically not um, using personal computers for work and all kinds of different, um, different things that are are popping up that need security awareness often early and often like so so often to explain all of what's going on and then throw in you know all of us most of us who have kids the kids are at home now too they're on zoom you know i was just gonna bring them yeah so kids are on zoom um my kids my five-year-old my kindergartner and my third grader um, and now they're using different platforms. Well, once they'll use Zoom, but just having, you know, there's like all of this additional access that people were not, we were not focused on, or we didn't need to, we didn't need to pay attention to. And now we do. So, so yeah, when other things, when it comes to teleconferencing, um, video conferencing that happened in the past, because it, it happens so infrequently, as to what's happening now, a lot of companies never secured their their video conferencing or their teleconferencing options. Everyone used the same the same phone number. There's no passwords. Their their Zoom accounts didn't have any passwords. There wasn't any waiting room to make sure you screened the person to make sure they got in. Um, but now that's something that's required. Um, use random account, uh, <clears throat> random meeting numbers. Use 
put a password on there, ensure that you can kick out people and block them from coming back in. Those are little things that only used to be a concern for your board meetings or your very secretive meetings that you didn't want anyone to come in. Now it's you should think about it every day because there's there's people that are zoom bombing into to kids meetings into uh, government meetings. Um, it needs to be thought of all the time now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely right. Um, one thing I would like to bring up is, um, it, you know, if you if you um, do see a opportunity you're really excited about, or um, it's it's not good practice to um, just send your resume over to a recruiter um, uh, with without us uh, knowing you or or so forth. Uh, I will suddenly get like 300, uh, e you know, LinkedIn uh, connections and boom, and then I'll get a whole, you know, I'll be just inundated with all these resumes and I don't know who you are in, in you know, and I, I hope to help everyone that I possibly can. But um, for me being in cyber, I'm not going to open your resume because uh, I don't know if you have something in it. <laughs> so, or, it, uh, you know, and I've, I've been getting... Um, you know, with there, there are a lot of schemes going on right now, um, especially on LinkedIn. Um, somebody will say, "Hey, we have a job offer for you," and I'm like, "I, you know, I know this person actually in in real life," and suddenly it looks like he got uh, taken over by some um, hacking thing. <laughs> so uh, yeah. just be, be aware. I'm not gonna, you know, most of us are not gonna just open your resume unsolicited. Um, perhaps send a message and say, you know, "Hey, I'm I'm looking." Um, would you mind if I shared, you know, shared your, your, my resume with you? And then the recruiter would usually they'll ask you to send it offline, you know, so that we can get your resume into our ATS easily. So, um, you know, just, just bear that in mind. We do get, um, sometimes I've had days where I've had thousands of emails and it's, it's a little overwhelming, especially if you're just one person. Yeah. I think that a lot of some some of the times a lot of questions come up around you know not getting back to candidates and I think as we all would love to get back to all of you but if you think about your email blowing up like from a recruiting perspective a lot of us have hundreds hundreds of emails a day so we're like parsing through okay who are you know, the, our clients, our leadership, all the, all the, you know, your typical emails that you have to respond to, you know, the person that pays you, whoever that may be. Um, and then obviously reaching back out to candidates and reconnecting with candidates and everything else. So, um, you know, bear with us. And then another thing Leighton said, ping, ping again. Like if you, you reach out and um, we don't get back to you, it's not that we are ignoring you. It's just that we're probably inundated um with folks so like this past week i didn't get back to anybody because we were just heads down focused on this conference and now today you know people got a barrage of emails back from me because in the first <laughs> hour and a half it was like okay let's get everybody you know get everyone reconnected reach out to everybody that i had reached out to a week ago you know that kind of stuff so um, that's sometimes what's happening. And especially now when you get an influx, it's almost like what happened with Zoom. Like, you know, nobody thinks Zoom is a bad company. It's just like they went from 10 million people to 300 million or something like that users in two weeks. So every single glitch, every issue, every problem is going to get exposed. 
Um, so, you know, if you're used to sending your email box and it has like 20 emails, that's one thing. But then when it gets 20, 200 emails or a thousand, you know, a ton of emails all at once, you have to kind of like parse through that. Um, and that's kind of the same thing. Same with applicant tracking systems. I mean, the reason why Danny talked about, and I bring this up very often, um, is if you're applying, especially if you're applying directly to a company um, and there's an internal recruiter on the other side, um, even with even even with using LinkedIn, it's kind of similar that your resume, the keywords is still key. It's it's sad, but it's true. It is what it is. When you apply directly to an applicant tracking system, it will likely rank you and parse you out and, you know, based on the keywords in your resume. So um, having, you know, someone like Danny um, and other resume providers, professional resume writers, they kind of understand because they have the they have the ability to see behind the scenes in applicant tracking systems and how your resume is going to align to those um, those jobs. So I, I make this um, point very often. You could be a perfect person with all the right experience and you apply to a job and because your resume doesn't align to the way that job looks and you don't have the right keywords and the keywords are not like dispersed throughout your resume, um, you could be number, you know, 79 on a list of 100 people and number one two, through 10 is all we really need as recruiters to kind of get to where we need to go. Like a manager doesn't want to see 79 resumes. They want to see 10 resumes or, or less, four resumes, right? So they want to be able to just take a look at, oh, these people look perfect. Like they have all the, this, this is what they're doing. Now, we don't know if you're perfect or not. You might gonna go in a, the, the interview and bomb, <laughs> but you're going to get the person with the better resume is going to get the first shake just because it's it's all the way the algorithms are written in the whole nine. So that's why Danny and we keep bringing up resumes and things like that. It's because, especially when you're applying to an applicant tracking system, specifically when you're doing that, it kind of has to that job. So, question for for both of you as recruiters: Do you see that the cover letter is going to become more critical now that uh, no? Yeah, no. I'm published so, too. I'm published in cover letters for dummies, and I I want awards and stuff. And uh, most, I don't have time. <laughs> I do not have time to read a cover letter. I, um, well, in tech, as a technical person, you know, I, I spend maybe about less than 12 seconds looking at a resume um, in, in that first section um, because I just don't, I don't have time to, to read now, uh, you know, a 14 page cover letter of your, you know, dissertation of your life. <laughs> No, I was thinking um, I, like yeah. <laughs> two or three lines, um, like why you're interested in the role, why you might be good for the role, and uh, no. something like that. No, you've no, too be much because because I want to see what what you what you can offer the what you can offer my hiring manager. What yeah. you're if you are a match, I don't want you to. T uh, you know, I've had uh, you know pe people who work as car salesmen to, uh, send their resume, and they sent this beautiful cover letter saying why they're a perfect fit and then i look at what their background is and i'm like dude i'm not going to call you you know yeah. um yeah. i'm not going to waste my time and i, I don't want to get fired <laughs> <laughs> yeah. not, a, not a fit dude you know it, it's a bit it, unfortunately it's a well i i would say based on the industry right so for 
some of the companies or some of the recruiting that I've done in the past, mostly in the past, where it's a non-cybersecurity, non-technical role, and it's a smaller company, and they might have like an HR manager of one or some small group where the, where the manager reads all cover letters and the manager is really like the hiring manager is like reading through. Typically, from what I understand, hiring managers do cover letters. However, if you're a recruiter, you think about all the things that we have going on. If there are, there's two things. In the applicant tracking system, that's another thing. In the applicant tracking system, the resume and the, the, the cover letter is usually parsed out. It's not together. So we won't even, a manager won't even see it. A recruiter, a lot of times, we don't even see it. We just go directly to what does the resume look like? What does the body of the resume say? Um, another thing, another one of Danny's, to Danny's points is if your resume is saying, if your cover letter, because a lot of people, you know, time is of the essence. So if you're trying to apply to maybe like five or 10 jobs or a hundred jobs, how many of your jobs, right? And you are a Java developer and, but the role that I have is a Python developer, but you used to be a Python developer. And if you write in your cover letter, I'm looking for a Java developer job you know, I could immediately, or a manager might be like, oh, this person doesn't want to be a Python developer. They want to be a Java developer. So it kind of moves you again. It's another like reason to ding you and you want to find every reason for you to be in and not out. And that's what applicant tracking systems do. That's a lot of times what cover letters do. Like you might write this beautiful cover letter and they might be like, oh, the manager may see you. For example, I'm working on like an application security position. But in your background, you might have, I don't know, reverse engineer. You might have other things that are interesting to us. But if you're spelling out in your cover letter, like, this is what I want to do, although you have other experiences that could be a good fit, I would, might, I'll skip over it. I don't care. I'll call you. But a manager might say, well, he doesn't want to be an application <laughs> security. He wants to be a pen tester, you know, or, well, application security is pen tester, but he wants to be something else. You know, he wants to be a stock manager. He wants to be whatever, something else that's different than what is listed in your resume. So that's why we err on the side of telling people, unless it's like a very, unless you're reaching out directly to a hiring manager in a company with a specific role that you know, you know, like, unless it's that specific, I would, I would just not even waste my time a couple of hours. That's my piece of advice. So we're at the 35 minute mark. Um, any words of wisdom for this, for the folks out here who are job searching right now? Chris, you want to say something? I, I would just say um, work on that connection, whether it's with the hiring manager, the recruiter, show, find ways to show the value that you bring not necessarily on the resume, but on a blog, on responding to their posts, those sorts of ways so that you stand out from everyone else. Because if they constantly see your name in their LinkedIn feed, in their, in their Twitter responses, and you share valuable content via your blog, you're more likely to leave an impression in their brain when they're looking through um, applicants or when they're thinking about opening up a role, they might go, oh, I know this person. They, they usually always post really good things on them. Let me reach out to them as soon as that role posts, see if you're interested. Yeah, I agree. I think that when you are marketing yourself like that, because it's, it's kind of like that personal branding that people talk about all the time. So when you're doing that personal branding, you're, you're 
you know, you're doing it for a couple different reasons. One, it's for, um, it's because you want to be a part of the community. You want to share, you want to grow, you want to learn, you want to engage, you want to be a part of the conversation. That's really what it is. But then additionally, to Chris's point, it serves a different purpose. Like it shows that you are engaged, you are a security professional, even if you have like two minutes of experience, if you're in there asking questions and, and sharing articles and writing blog posts about your particular experience, it shows so many different things. It shows your communication skills. It shows that you have, you know, good written and, and, and verbal communications that is a key in this industry and in all industries. Um, it shows that you're passionate about what you do. So obviously you took the time out. This isn't like a job for you to go write a blog post. You're doing it on your personal time. So it also shows like your passion and your dedication to the industry and managers will come looking for you. Like a lot of times it's just names that pop up nowadays. Like, oh, you know, oh, I'm looking for a good person. You know, as you all probably know, a lot of it's all networking to Chris's point. A lot, a lot of it, not all, but vast majority of jobs are found through networking. And if somebody's looking for a recruiter, the first person Chris is going to be like, hopefully Renee. <laughs> and if uh, somebody reaches out to me, I'm going to be like, hey, Danny, what are you working on? Hey, you know, if I'm at capacity or over capacity, Danny, you want to partner with me on something or Leighton or Alex or, you know, the folks that we already connected to are going to get the first shake because we know them, we've worked with them before, you know, all of that. So it's the same kind of thing in your space. You want to be the go-to person if I'm looking for an AppSec, I keep saying AppSec because that's my life right now. Um, but if I'm looking for an IR person, if I'm looking for a SOC manager, if I'm looking for whatever, it's like, okay, you reach out to your network and you say, who are the SOC managers out there that are great, that, you know, are, you know, that are, that are actively looking or passively looking or whatever. Um, it's all like, and people give you names. It's like, oh, reach out to, you know, this one, you know, A, B, and C, and that's it. So um, I will double down on Chris's advice to network, network. online by showcasing all of your great skills um, on LinkedIn, on YouTube, or all over the place, online. Danny? Um, highly recommend, um, you know, now's the time not to hide behind your LinkedIn profile. Um, if you want to let um, recruiters know that you are open to new opportunities, please go into your settings and indicate that and at least um, make sure that you're uh, contact information, at least your email is showing so that if, if um, recruiters um, want to email you, they can do that very rapidly. It makes it a lot easier for us to reach you and that'll make your odds a lot better in your, in your, in your chances of getting your new opportunity. If you are um, let go, you know, due to COVID. Um, and also I will recommend um, on, in regards to resumes, um, please do not put your um, your personal address on there, your street address. It does not need to be on there. Um, I have uh, also had people send their resume with their social security number on it. Please do not do that. Um, especially if you are in cybersecurity, you should know um, that you know. Please, that hey, somebody can. <laughs> that's that's just saying come, come and rob me because you have no idea. Um, the different companies uh, over offshore who have access to job boards or and can find your um, information. That is the last thing. So I'm just going to put that out there. Please be aware of 
cybersecurity in all aspects of your life, including your resume. Yeah, I think if a hiring manager even saw that, they would just be, you're going to just not look like you're security aware. Yes, it's a, it's, it's a big flag. <laughs> it's a red flag. It's like, <laughs> um, I haven't seen anything like that. I, I, I've seen full addresses. I've seen, but especially international folks, they do tend to put date of birth and all How kinds many? of everything everything what? on there yeah Marital their favorite status. restaurant yeah yeah i'm like i don't care yeah with <laughs> i guess in the, i guess in that space um you know if you're in if you're in different countries outside of the united states if you're specifically in the u.s and a cybersecurity manager see something like that that's probably going to be a huge red flag because they're going to wonder what like what are you doing so that i will end it today thank you danny thank you chris for being a part of this awesome panel the super recruiters um and adoptive recruiter uh we will see you again next week if you have questions or if you want us to talk about anything in particular please let us know we are happy to to do that and hopefully i'm thinking i would love to bring some people on so they can like chat with us so if you want to be a part of this we can give you the link and you can join us and we can have you on the show as well. So take care. Bye, everybody.